Guys, I'm bringing the party to you. Samsonite. I was way off. Hold on to your butts. Text, I'm not even mad. That's amazing. Great to have you on the Stephen Corson Show, where we like to talk about money, life, and everything else. This show is all about revamping how you think about money and how to use it to live the life that you want. I'm excited you made this show part of your financial journey. So let's get to it. Oh my gosh, this is going to be a ton of fun. I hope you're ready for this. I know I am. The first official everything money quiz. If this ends up being pretty popular, we'll probably do some more of these because I think this is a great thing. People love to kind of, you know, test where they are. It's really interesting when you talk to people about uh, money and personal finance, they seem confident at first if you don't ask any kind of detailed questions, right? Um, Everybody, and I think that's because it's pretty natural. It's, we, talk about money, you know, passively a lot all of the time. And we don't but we don't really ever get into in depth things. Most of us have been told things by you know, our parents and that one uncle that you've got, or maybe this dude that you know, trade stocks at your your office and, you know, has a nice car that he bought with some of the proceeds, (laughs) you know, it's a we've all got some level of financial um, influence that we've had on us. The question is, is it any good? And I think think that in general, people tend to think that they know more than they do. And I'm not saying that to belittle people, but I'm saying that because I talk to a lot of people and they don't know a damn thing sometimes (laughs) about even basic concepts. And this is not their fault, not to a certain degree anyway. At the end of the day, your financial journey is on you. Nobody is coming to save you. Nobody is coming to help you. This is all on you. The government does not require this stuff in schools. Therefore, if you don't take the initiative, unfortunately, and go and seek out the knowledge around this stuff, you're pretty much screwed. So that's why we do what we do here. That's why I have this podcast. That's why I love just having conversations with people, whether it's on planes, when I'm traveling, whether I'm sitting down at a, at a bar at a hotel or, you know, we've got friends over at the house. It doesn't matter. I love talking about this stuff because it's so important and there's so much to learn. Money is fun. So hopefully you will not look at this if you are uh, listening to today's podcast and go, oh my gosh, Stephen, like I just finished this freaking test, you know, and I just did that. I just went through this training at work and why are we doing six questions? Well, first off, it's a podcast. So you downloaded it. So, hey, this is on you. I titled it. It was pretty clear. I I don't feel sorry for you. But honestly, I think this is going to be a lot of fun because these questions are not that hard. These are basic entry-level personal financial questions, all right? And I'm going to let you know what the average person did. This is just six questions, okay? We're going to get through this quick. Don't worry. It's going to be painless. It's not as bad. You don't have to do all of these calculations. It's nothing like that. If anything, it's more reading comprehension stuff, right? But again, basic questions, six of them, the average person only got two correct one two out of six i'm no math expert i didn't you know get a degree in trigonometry or you know calculus or anything like that but i'm pretty sure that two divided by six is a failing grade i I, 
I think that falls somewhere below 50%. Yeah, it's not very good. Anyway, this was in Forbes magazine a few years ago. Thought it was super interesting when I ran across it. I'm really interested to see how you guys do. And I hope that you are interested too. Again, the point of this is not to knock anybody. I don't want to don't want to discourage you, but I think it's important that we have to come into this with a level of humility because there is so much to learn about money. That's why, you know, my podcast is part of the network called Everything Money and we explore different facets of it. It it is involved in every single aspect of our life. One of my favorite quotes that I can't remember where I heard this from, but the the more I think about it, the truer it is, is the fact that um, the answer to all your questions is money. And the more you think about that in terms of politics, in terms of business, in terms of personal finance, in terms of anything, it just becomes more and more true. It's unbelievable to me. It's just one of those things, one of those quotes that keeps coming up, keeps blowing my mind. Anyway, enough hullabaloo about all this. Let's get into it. Super excited. So question number one, here you go. Put on your uh, thinking cap here, okay? As a general rule, how many months' expenses do financial planners recommend that you set aside in an emergency fund? Is it A, one to three months, B, three to six months, C, six to 12 months, or D, 12 to 15 months? Again, these are financial planners, CFPs. This is coming from the certified people, not some random person that you saw on Instagram some t- one time. Okay. The correct, and just so you know, the entire quiz is multiple choice. So you don't have to like freak out, you know, and be like, oh gosh, I don't know. All right. The correct answer is C, six to 12 months. All right. Now, I know a lot of you are sitting here going, oh, wait, but, oh, no, but this, this one person, and, and Dave Ramsey, and like uh, so and so said, it's six to 12 months. Why is it six to 12 months and not three to six? Because that seems to be so popular. I'll tell you why. Because when it comes to disasters, when it comes to recessions, the average recession lasts at least six months. All right. So, you know, we're, we're in the middle of a recession right now. It's going to be six months before things really start to show an uptrend because a recession by definition is two quarters of a downtrend. So if it's two quarters, a quarter is three months. So it's that. So if that's how disasters tend to work and that's how recessions tend to work, then why would we recommend that you only have three months saved up? Well, I can tell you this. The only reason you would ever recommend that is if you're in some type of a recessionary proof job if there is such a thing such as government or utilities or maybe healthcare or something like that but for the most part 6 to 12 months is what is recommended now me personally i lean on the closer to the 6 month side of thing than the, than the 12 um but either one's fine okay moving on to question number 2 so c was the answer 6 to 12 months on that one moving on to question number 2 If you have too many credit cards, what should you do? Okay, gonna say that again. If you have too many credit cards, what should you do? A, close as many as possible. B, request a higher credit limit. C, be cautious about closing credit cards. Or D, close the credit cards with the lowest balances. 
Okay, I'll read that one more time. If you have too many credit cards, what should you do? A, close as many as possible. B, request a higher credit limit. C, be cautious about losing about closing the credit cards. Or D, close the credit cards with the lowest balances. All right? And if anybody's a Ramsey fan out there, you're like, oh, just get rid of all your credit cards. It, that is not the question. <laughs> okay? That's not what we're talking about. The correct answer, again, is C. You have to be cautious about closing credit cards. Why? Because it can make a huge knock on your credit. All your credit score is is essentially just a reliability score. So one of the big things that they actually take into account is the fact that you've had a line of credit open for a long time. So even if you have zero balance on it, they don't care. The fact that you have had one for a long time available shows the fact that you have buying power, that you're reliable, yada, yada. So that's why they recommend C. Okay, number three, moving on here. If a late payment is sent to a collections agency, how long will it remain on your credit history even if you have it paid off? So me and my wife actually ran into this one with hers. Uh, this happened way before we got married. She lives in California. They couldn't get in touch with her. It was like $56 on a medical bill. It wasn't a big deal, but it got sent to a collections agency. And later we found out it was knocking her credit. If a late payment is sent to a collections agency, how long will it remain on your credit history, even if you have it paid off? Is it A, less than a year? B, one to three years, C, four to five years, or D, a million years? Okay, I'm kidding. D is six to seven years. <laughs> Correct answer, D, for definitely going to be on there for six to seven years. It's a long time. This is why it is important to keep track of your credit. I recommend people check it at least once a year. Just go through, make sure that credit score is good. A lot of times you can get them free through your bank. It's a myth that checking it through there is going to knock it. It's fine. Just don't keep pulling it like once a month. You're going to be okay. But just check your score. If it's not, you know, in that good range, you you probably need to go and see why and, and, and just be working that. That'll affect loans and interest rates you can get. It can have a big uh, big effect on on your future. Okay, number four. What is the formula for calculating your net worth? Okay, this is a great one because I love asking this question. Most people have no freaking clue what their net worth is. And some of them kind of unfortunately assume it's right in the red. And a lot of times they're not too far off. Um, but understanding your net worth is so important. Even if you don't have it down to the, the, the dollar, it doesn't matter. Like, we, How can you track progress if you don't know where you're starting from? right? So, so this is really important. What is the formula for calculating your net worth? Is it A, assets minus liabilities, B, liabilities minus assets, C, assets plus liabilities, or D, assets divided by liabilities? So one more time, assets minus liabilities, B, liabilities minus assets, C, assets plus liabilities or D assets divided by liabilities? The correct answer is A. Okay. There you go. A is the correct one on that. It is assets minus liabilities. Super simple. Don't overthink it. Hopefully the majority of you got that one right. Um, it's, hey, I have $100,000 of cash in the bank and equity in my house. I have $50,000 of credit card debt. What do I have left? 
$50,000 in the green or the black, depending on, you know, what industry we're talking about. And uh, yeah, so I'm $50,000 up. That's my net worth. There you go. Boom. Nice and simple. Hopefully the majority of you were able to take that one home. Notch it in your belt. How are you doing? We got two questions left. And if you haven't got uh, <laughs> any of them right yet, these are the last two if you want to be be average. Okay. Imagine that the interest rate on your savings account was 1% uh, per year and inflation was 2% per year. After one year, would your ability to buy something with the money in this account be A, more than today, B, less than today, C, exactly the same, or D, don't know? I don't even know why they put D for don't know in there. That's kind of a cop out. Okay. So, I'm going to read this one again. It might take a little, little bit of thing. So imagine the interest rate on your savings account. So you got a savings account. You got a thousand dollars in there. Okay, let's assume it's one percent a year. Okay, so out of that thousand dollars, you're going to earn, uh, you know, one percent a year. And inflation, inflation being, you know, as we print money, the value of a dollar goes down because it's less, right? So after one year, would your ability to buy something with the money? in this account be more than today, less than today, or exactly the same? The answer is B, it would be less than today. Now that one can get a little confusing. Again, it's the, the math on this stuff is not hard. It's understanding the general concept of it. So the reason that it's less than today is because even though it's going up two percent, or I'm sorry, it's going up 1% in your savings account, you are being at, your money is going down in value by 100% because of inflation. This is why investing is so important and saving up stockpiles of cash does you no good because all you're doing is letting the money go down in value because of inflation. So 1% versus 2%, that's a 100% difference on your money. Now on $1,000, that doesn't seem like a lot, but on a million dollars, that's a lot of money all of a sudden, right? So that's what you got to look out for. So because inflation is going up faster than your interest rate, your, 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 your buying power is going down. Okay, that one was a tough one. Number six, this is it. This is your last chance to notch a, uh, a, a W in there for you. Can you get to the two out of six? Are you above it already? Are you feeling good? Let's do this one. Okay. Which of the following about federal student loans is not true? Not true. A, and you only got three choices on this one. Come on, 33% chance you can do this. A, for certain federal loan programs, the interest on your loan is paid by the government while you are in school or during grace periods. B, your parents must sign a promissory note before the loan funds are distributed. Or C, interest loan counseling for all first-time uh, I'm sorry, borrowers is required. So again, which one of those is not true? I'm going to read it one last time. For certain federal loan programs, the interest on your loan is paid by the government while you're in school or during grace periods. B, your parents must sign a promissory note before the loans, the loans are distributed. Or C, interest loan counseling for all first-time borrowers is required. A, B, or C. 33% chance on that one. And the correct answer on that is B is false. It is not a or C. 
B, which is your parents must sign a promissory note before loans are fully distributed. That is not true. They will give you that money as quickly as they possibly can. Okay. And you can't default on those. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's to me still amazing. Um, unfortunately, your education, while extremely valuable to you, is not valuable to anybody else and you cannot default on those loans. So even if you have to go through and file bankruptcy, guess what? You're still stuck with them. Hey, uh, in some cases, if you die, those loans still aren't forgiven and you get those passed along. It's you're, you're stuck with these things. And this is why student loans are such a big deal. It is debt is not created equal. Okay. So to compare yourself, here's a percentage of everybody who got the questions right. So some of those questions were a little easier. Some of them were a little bit harder. So on number one, uh, that is the question about the uh, how many months do the financial planners recommend? 14% of people got that right. That was it. I think everybody's going for the three to six months. That tends to be what people recommend. Um, like I said, six months is really the magic number here because if we go into a recession, you lose your job, we don't want you to end up in a position to where you have to sell your home and, and you can't provide for your family or you have to take on additional debt. So six months is really where you got to hit that baseline. Okay. Uh, number two, 29%. Okay. So number two was the, um, the, if you have too many credit cards, what should you do? Only 29% of people got that right. That is not good because a lot of people have credit cards, so they need to understand what to do with them. Number three, this is the one everybody did really well on. If a late payment is set to a collections agency, that kind of sucks. That kind of sucks that the one that people got right the most is the one that uh, has to do with how something gets sent to a collections agency. What Again, I'm seeing a really bad trend here on the questions that people knew, uh, you know, that kind of feels like it's being lent to experience. Um, number four, I, I hate this. I really do. Only 47% of people got this right. What is the formula for calculating your net worth? Um, damn it, man. Come on. 47%, only half of people. That is, it, it, it's, it's assets minus liabilities. It's super simple. People need to know these things. And unfortunately, only 47% of people got that right. Did you? If you didn't, it's okay. You know it now. It's important to keep that in mind. Okay, number five, imagine the interest rate on your savings account. This, in my opinion, was one of the more complicated questions. Um, and rightfully so, 16 people or 16% of people got it right. That was it. Um, and then last, but certainly not least, number six, 33% chance of getting this right. 34% of people got it right, which again, uh, if you close your eyes when you have three options, uh, you have a 33% chance of getting it correct. So pretty much your chance of getting number six correct compared to the average population was the same as closing your eyes without ever hearing the question and picking A, B, or C. So basically that tells me nobody, you know, the average person probably didn't know much. So again, how did you do? I'm curious. L drop me some some notes in the comments below. Um, you know, if you're on the podcast, go talk to somebody. Uh, share this. You know, share some of the questions. See what your friends and your family know. Again, the reason I do this, the the reason I'm doing this, is because I want to have a conversation with you, and I want you to have conversations with people. Let's talk about money. Let's talk about this stuff. Don't feel bad if you didn't know. Uh, you know, any of these or not as many of these as you wanted to. You were never taught this. If I gave the majority of you outside of you construction guys this analogy doesn't work for you but if i gave the majority of the population a bunch of hammer nails and wood and i said build me a house 
they're going to build me a really crappy house, right? Why? Because the majority of people were never taught how to build a house. So we can't expect them that if I just hand them something to be able to do it. Well, I don't expect the majority of people when they've never been formally trained and educated on their finances to be able to come in and answer this stuff. So again, don't feel bad about it. But remember, nobody's coming to save you. This is now on you and your responsibility. Your financial journey is 100% on you. So the fact that you're here and you're listening to this podcast is hopefully a great sign that you are growing in knowledge and that you are expanding your thoughts and uh, about rich and wealth and time management and all these other fun things that we like to talk about on here. I hope this was fun. If it was, again, let me know in the comments on uh, YouTube. Uh, shoot me an email, You know, DM me on Instagram, whatever. Um, I like knowing what it is that uh, you all are enjoying. And uh, again, if you enjoy some more of these things, I can do some more questionnaires and you know, uh, happy to do some more content like this. I hope you enjoyed this episode and had a good time. If you'd like to support this podcast and our broader efforts with everything money to bring quality financial entertainment and education to the masses, then please just take five seconds to go give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or vote for us on Spotify. You can also check out our Patreon page for more behind the scenes and go to www.everything.money for more problem-solving and life-changing information. Most of all, thanks for listening.